0: the best things in life are free like this podcast save the date is hosted by comedian author and all-around wedding lover alicia mccormick it's probably a really disgusting way to start the podcast but i just had a really satisfying moment squeezing a big fat pimple on my forehead why am i still getting pimples i'm 33 years old that's too old to be getting pimples i know the body says look you've got overpopulation of I don't know, oil or something. But you know when you get there and those blind pimples and you think, I'm going to squeeze this thing and it squirts on the mirror? I haven't had that for years and it happened. And I was like, man, I didn't know how satisfying that was. <laughs> there we go. That's what's happening in my life. How are you going? I hope you're doing really well. I am delighted to be here hosting another fabulous episode of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. This is a Q&A episode where I'll be talking... All about the things that you've asked me. I've had some really nice and uh complicated questions come my way. Quite quite excited to be sharing them with you. I'd love to hear what you think as well. If you don't agree with one of my answers, I want to hear about it because I am not the wedding oracle. I'm someone with an opinion. I think I've got a good a good sort of range of opinions having been around for a little while. But you know, if you think, Alicia, I don't agree with you, you're wrong, tell me and I'll share it. And what I love about when I have guest hosts doing the q and is that often we don't agree. Often we'll say, well, I wouldn't do it this way. That's nice. I like being challenged. <laughs> it's healthy. Now, I wanted to quickly share with you uh, what I did on the weekend. I'm in London and I visited the Eclectic Wedding Fair, which is an alternative wedding fair, and it was really different to a lot of the wedding exhibitions I've been to in the past year or so. Now, I don't know about you, I've visited some really huge, huge conference centre wedding exhibitions, which are good in a lot of ways, and also... I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of ways I find them quite overbearing and bright and shiny and not very authentic, and I had two very different experiences in the past couple of weeks visiting two very different wedding exhibitions, and I don't want to seem like a Debbie Downer, but I went along to the big wedding exhibition a couple of weeks ago, and... You know, you walk into these places and there are lots of different booths and if you remove the wedding aspect to it, it's basically salespeople, which is fine because what you are doing is transacting with another person. A wedding vendor is a business transaction and you are deciding who will provide you the best business opportunity, the best service for your day. But I'm also a great believer in when you meet someone that's going to supply you with said service, that you have a good vibe. And I'm not getting all woo-woo on you here. I just mean someone that you trust enough to go through with that service and provide exactly what you've talked about. Especially when it comes to photography, I think catering is also quite a personal choice. You need to really feel that this person's going to come through with the goods and that you can get along with them and communicate in a way that you feel comfortable saying, hey, I would really like you to do this, this way, because that's how we really want it done. And if you don't get that feeling from them straight away or feel like you can develop good feelings, I say walk away. Now, when I went along to this really big, huge wedding exhibition, I tried to walk into these places and be in your shoes. Feel like what it's like to be a bride or a groom walking in, having never visited such an event before, perhaps. And it is really shit sometimes. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I should probably use my vocab a little bit more creatively rather than saying it's shit, but it can be, it can be people sort of thrusting brochures at you people offering you bizarro services. Like I sat and had a coffee at this, this wedding exhibition I went to a couple of weeks ago and it happened to be near a booth, and I'm, I'm not making this up, near a booth that was full of sort of, in, in England they call them dolly birds. I would just say all these women look like they were from the Jersey Shore and they were really, you know, overly done huge hair. I just wanted to ask them about backcombing. I'm always a big fan of backcombing, but perhaps a little bit too much. And they were coming around and offering brides and bridesmaids and mothers of the brides, uh, a service where they put a little template up to your eyebrows and sort of airbrush eyebrows on. Now, I think having had quite a bit of experience with having hair and makeup done, this thing doesn't look good it doesn't look great to have those sort of square gypsy wedding style eyebrows. Maybe it's your thing. Congratulations. If you can rock it good, but I think they look quite fake and weird. And I was seeing all these women being enticed into this booth to have their, you know, eyebrows powdered and airbrushed on presumably for free and then of course once they've had their square eyebrows painted on they're then given the big sales pitch by these sort of dolly bird women who want 20 quid or whatever it was to buy the special template to draw your eyebrows on now i looked at that and i watched this for about 10 minutes while i was drinking my coffee thinking is this what we've come to is this why we're going to wedding exhibitions a lot of the people that i spoke to at that exhibition they weren't that happy they didn't walk around looking like they were having a really nice time, which made me sad because if this is their special weekend with their bridesmaids and their mother and their mother-in-laws, you know, it didn't seem like the sort of magical event that they probably wanted it to be. I Now, I didn't talk to a lot of them because I left after about an hour and a half because I felt dead inside, but I got the vibe. You know, you can sort of watch people wander around like zombies and that is not what I would want you to go through, really. Now, I'm not dissing wedding exhibitions. I think they're in a marvelous place to do your research, but just pick your battles. Depending on what sort of wedding you want, you need to pick the sort of wedding exhibition that you attend. And also, if you go to these, these events with really open-minded views, then you're going to be fine. But if you go there and, and expect sort of something quite different, it can be full-on and not that pleasant. So when I went to the Eclectic Wedding Extravaganza on the weekend, it was in a very cool suburb called Shoreditch in London, which is sort of hipsterville, and but wonderful hipsterville. They're my people, even though I don't look like a hipster and probably don't fit in with them. I feel like I should be a part of that group. But it was in a rockabilly bar. It was full of vendors that took the time. I watched, I sort of stood around and watched these people talk to brides and grooms and grooms and grooms and brides and brides together. For like ten or fifteen minutes, and that's what it's all about. It's connecting. It's finding a connection. In comparison to the big commercial wedding fair I went to a couple of weeks before, where people were just shoving brochures in their faces, and uh, people didn't even, didn't care. They just kept moving on. They're like, I don't want to connect with these people. I don't feel any any need to give them attention, which I felt really sad because a wedding vendor that takes the time and care is the one that you want to hire and give them your money to. So watching these people yesterday at this amazing wedding fair, I just felt that, yeah, it's a smaller, more intimate affair. It may not be for everyone, but it was a really positive experience. And Rich and I, Rich came along and did my audio for the day because he's amazing. My husband, Rich, if you don't know, if you haven't heard, he... We both left that that um, exhibition after a few hours really glowing and feeling positive and saying if we were planning a wedding again, we would have made some big decisions in that room. So congratulations to the Eclectic Wedding Extravaganza. I've got a very special episode that I'll be presenting where I interview some of the vendors and people going along to talk about what makes their wedding and their service unique, how you find that special little touch that is memorable and that makes you happy and makes your guests happy because... It isn't to me about walking into a big commercial wedding exhibition and grabbing 1,400 brochures and making all your decisions, the same decisions that the other 25,000 people that have visited that event make. It's about finding that special theme, special moment that is you, is what it's about. I know I crap on about that a lot, but it really is important and I can't encourage you enough to branch out and open your mind to new experiences, such as going to these smaller, fabulous wedding exhibitions. Now, when I present that episode in my show blog, I'll be listing a number of events like this that happen in the States, Australia, Canada, and UK. And if you are organizing a similar sort of wedding fair, and I haven't got you on the list and we haven't connected, please do get in touch because I love connecting these sort of events with my listeners. So there you have it. I'm not dissing wedding exhibitions. I love them very much. But as I said, pick your battles, pick your events. And if they're awful, just laugh at weird vendors that are drawing on eyebrows. That's all I can say about that. Double dare you. How about that? Go back to the beginning. Start listening. They're all relevant. They don't date. I really try and keep the podcast time neutral so that you can listen in 2073 and still, what what are weddings going to be like in 2073? They'll be all virtual. We'll be in some sort of simulation. I was going to say stimulation. It's the wrong word. Simulation, computer simulation, where well, you'll just be another person, probably an avatar. That's it. So I'll be still doing the wedding planning podcast, but from the planet Zoron, and uh, it'll be all mind control. That's a very grim, weird way to look at the future. Hey, it's a Q&A episode. I have hilariously, not hilariously, it's not like you're going to be just laughing, going, oh my God, this is so funny, but I've got two megs two people, Megan, Megan, if you're in America, have written to me, two separate Megans. And uh, I'm going to start with Meg number one. That's what you called this episode, Meg number one. You'll know who you are because you wrote this. She says, hello, Alicia. Thank you so much for your podcasts. They've been super helpful in maintaining my sanity as we plan our wedding for September. Gosh, not long to go. I love that you make us laugh. It helps take the edge off. Smiley face. I'm feeling torn and wondering if you can make any suggestions on guidelines for wedding gifts as we have a unique situation. Now, I, I just want to make a side note. I think Megan's situation is unique, but I also think she shares it with a lot of other people because, well, you're here. anyway. She says, I'm not going to make a big deal, a big spiel about gifts because people are spending a lot of money to get there. Craig, my future husband, is an Aussie, I'm American, and the wedding is Balinese. I love that. A destination wedding. We want to steer guests away from buying things. We don't necessarily want to have to post them back to Australia. That's a big, that's a really good point you're making there, Megan. But we also don't want my family, my American family, to give us checks. This happened at our engagement party, and we had a lot of trouble being able to deposit the checks for various reasons. And I think uh, I understand those reasons, Megan, because it does cost a lot of money to cash checks in other countries, conversion fees, etc. She says, I listened to your podcast saying wishing worlds are not ideal and we considered a fund for our honeymoon via a travel company. Only thing is that our honeymoon will be spent after the wedding in Bali since we're already there. Do you have any ideas? Any help would be amazing. Thanks so much, Megan. So Megan, I feel like this is a really good universal question to answer because I think a lot of people are in the same boat as you. Now I, yeah, I don't think wishing wells are necessarily, I'm not saying don't ask for cash. That's not my, (laughs) that's not my opinion. I think cash is great. I think it's just the way you ask for cash. And I think the actual physical putting a wooden wishing well on a table at your wedding, you can just do better. Uh, if you've done it, fine, i'm not I'm not dissing it. I'm just saying I think there are more creative and interesting ways to ask for cash than a rhyming crappy poem put in an invitation. So my immediate thought when reading Megan's email is that she needs a way to perhaps, well obviously, as she said, she can't have, physical gifts, because they will cost her a lot of money to get back to Australia. Now, I have no doubt, Megan, I will put money on the fact there will be people that will bring gifts, and that's lovely, and you'll have to be a bit creative thinking about how to ship them or shove them in a suitcase. I mean, the good thing about Bali is you can buy a lot of travel wear, probably some fake Louis Vuitton. I am not saying do that, because that's bad. But you know, it's the sort of place where you can buy a cheap suitcase and shove it in and probably pay 50 bucks excess luggage home. However... I really feel like the solution to this is to get creative with a gift registry and not necessarily a gift registry that gives you actual goods. I Rich and I used a service called Not Another Toaster. Now I am no in no way affiliated with this company. I'm just talking about my personal experience and how we went about going through our wedding gift registry because we were in a very similar situation. We got married in Australia, we'd already booked our honeymoon. We got very wily, actually. We used our frequent flyer points to purchase the flights. So they were, in a way, free. I hate saying that because we actually did fly a lot to get those points. And then we got some pretty good deals via... Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the hotel company, there was a a deal going in our local newspaper run by Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which I do know they run a couple of times a year worldwide, and that is a 50% off voucher. If you book via them, they run a lot of amazing boutique luxury accommodations, which are great for honeymoons. So we booked our part of our honeymoon accommodation via Mr. and Mrs. Smith in Bali. We also went to Bali for our honeymoon and got an amazing deal and stayed in this place. It's called Amita's Villas, if you want to look it up, just to have a bit of a, a snoop. But it was a it was a a place like I'd never been before. And it's crazy because we got it for such little money. But it was our own hut not a hut it's a hut makes it sound like it's in the bush it's not it's this amazing villa with our own private pool and an outdoor sort of kitchen lounge area that was covered but you got the breeze and a butler now we had no use for this man he was lovely and we became Facebook friends he's a really charming man but it was like oh we don't need you we appreciate you have a job and we were trying to give him things to do but we're not butler sort of people I just you know That reminds me of Real Housewives, when they all go, when Yolanda, from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, if you've never watched it, she's Dutch. she's very uh, good looking. But she will often get on her phone in her bedroom and go, Alfonso, I need you to come and get the ladder because I need to climb up to get the my special winter hats. I need you to bring the ladder to get my winter hats. These are the people that have butlers. It's not Alicia and Richard. The other thing, just quickly, that we did was we have an American Express credit card and they run a deal with the small luxury boutique hotels of the world, I hope I've said that right, that if you book on your American Express credit card with one of their attached hotels, they are obliged to upgrade you to the highest room available that they have free. I find the documentation and add it to the show blog. If you are an American Express holder and you want to look at that sort of deal, I'm sure they're still running it. And, you know, it really helped us in saving money, but also having a really wonderful fancy experience that we probably couldn't have afforded to pay for in full. And the American Express deal had us boosted up to another villa in, in, in our second location that we went to in our honeymoon. And they gave us a special platter and a bottle of champagne. And we felt really fancy, even though they knew and we knew that we weren't paying for that extra fanciness. Who cares? We enjoyed it. However, getting back to my point, sorry I rambled, but hopefully that information was helpful for you. We used the registry, not another toaster, to register experiences that we wanted to have on our honeymoon. And then instead of just saying, can we please have some money? We said, hey, would you like to buy us this amazing dinner at this crazy wonderful restaurant we really like to visit but can't quite afford to. So not another toaster and there are other, as I said, there are other registries that provide the same service but I'm just going off this because I can tell you from experience, this is how it works, is that you can add an image and you can add a description, for example, a fancy dinner for two. And you can say, would you like to contribute $25 or pounds or $50 or pounds to that event? And then a guest can purchase that that experience and it sends a message to the couple saying, here you go. Ron and Gary have just bought you dinner. And then it's also really good because instead of just saying, In the thank you note, dear Ron and Gary, thank you so much for the money. You can say, hey, Ron and Gary, we had an amazing dinner at this very fancy restaurant in Bali. We had such a lovely time. We had champagne and lobster. We've never had that before, but thank you for giving us that wonderful experience. I think the guests and the feedback from our guests when we wrote thank you notes to them was really positive. They got to see where their money that they generously contributed to us went and it gave us something nice to write about in the thank you cards that weren't just, you know, thanks for the cash. So Megan, I would say if you can consider doing that, it's also really good because I know none other toaster, they have a UK, US and Australia, and I think Canadian from the top of my, off the top of my head hubs. So it's really easy for overseas guests to deposit using PayPal or credit cards. And also, if there's any trouble with transactions, uh, your guests or you can contact their local office for help. At the end of the predetermined time, I would say after your wedding day, you close the account or you work at a predetermined time, they close the account and they transfer the money to you. Hey, presto, you've got the cash, but you're not not in a sort of grubby way. There it is, Megan. I wish you well and your beautiful honeymoon. And thank you so much for sending in your question. Can't thank you enough. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one podcast about all things wedding This episode will forever be known as the Megan slash Meg episode of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. The second question comes from a girl called Meg. No shit. Um, she connected with me via com slash connect. That's where you'll find my email address and a little contact form if you don't want to cut and paste the email into your email and write to me. I mean, it's not much of an effort, really. Whatever. So Meg says to me, Hey, Alicia. In capital, she says, Please help. Oh, I love these. My fiance's best friend has graciously offered to throw us an engagement party. She's a bit of a bull in a china shop. Her way or no way. She wants to throw us a party that is not really our vibe. We'd rather have an at-home catered game night. Well, that sounds fun. Is it rude to say thanks but no thanks to her? Or just ask her to readjust her way of thinking? We tried mentioning different takes on the party, but she said that she wouldn't come if it wasn't what she wanted. What? She said she wouldn't come if it wasn't how she wanted. Jesus. I unfortunately become a bit of a pushover with her. By the way, I love your show. Thank you for helping me stay sane during this wedding planning, love Meg. Now, okay, Meg, this email made me angry because of a couple of reasons. Here we go. Now, Meg, I am not making any judgments about your fiancé and his friend and their relationship. I think it's very nice that there are boy-girl relationships, but I also think it can get sometimes a bit of a power play with friends that are close and then you've come into it And then this girl, I'm not saying there's ever a relationship. I'm not saying this is a sexual thing. I'm not saying this is an attraction thing, but it's a territory thing as well. So my first instinct was, okay, this girl clearly, like you said, ball in a china shop, quite confident in telling you what she wants to do, how she wants to do it. You're coming in and saying, no, 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 as a couple, we'd prefer to do this and she's not coping. So my first instinct is she probably needs to be put in her place in a nice Way. I'm not saying that we start World War III with this, but the fact she's giving you ultimatums by saying, if you don't do it my way, I'm not going to come, makes her sound like an asshole. Now, I label what she's doing to you as conditional generosity, and that's bullshit, basically. So, what it's saying is, and we've seen this a lot in weddings, and people don't even know they're doing it sometimes, is saying, I'm a very generous, wonderful person and I want to do this amazing thing for you, but you only do it my way and we only make decisions through me because I'm so generous that I'm giving you this. So you should be thankful and happy that I'm gracing you with my money, venue, presence, whatever it may be. Now, this happens on big and small scales and it happens when there's money involved. It happens when there's obviously some uh, emotions involved. And when people feel like they're doing a good thing, but don't necessarily feel connected to how you're feeling. And I think that's what we're dealing with here. Now, as I said, we do not I don't know the past relationship with your fiance and this friend and where they sit currently. Obviously, she thinks she's doing a really good thing by offering you this service, but in true, it's causing you stress. And that's not That's not really what a gift should be doing to you. So my solution obviously always is try and talk to her in a way that makes her understand you don't want it. Now that may be, and I hate saying this, it may be your fiance's job. Now, the funny thing about me is I I know I come across really confidently and outspoken, but when it comes to these situations where I have to confront a friend or balls up and sort of say, okay, I don't really feel good about this, it stresses the hell out of me. I can get up and talk in front of thousands of people, but if you have to make me confront someone and say, actually, the way you're doing that really hurts my feelings, or actually, I don't really feel comfortable with that. It can be really stressful and confrontation in any sort of situation, you sort of want to avoid it, don't you? Everyone would avoid confrontation unless you're crazy. You you sort of go around your business and I see when you say, I'm sometimes a bit of a pushover with her because clearly this woman is, is happy to walk all over people and I don't really agree with that either. Again, some people don't realize they're doing it, but I think a lot of people do and it's manipulative and it's mean. Meg, this is your wedding, not hers. And whether she, I, again, I'm not making any judgment, whether she wants to marry your fiance, whether she's got some sort of beef with the whole situation is probably another topic to discuss, but you need to step up. And whether that means you personally saying, sending an email, I think also if, if your fiance doesn't want to communicate with her and get to the bottom himself, then it's something that you need to sit down and write quite a forward, but polite email to say hey we actually really want to have an at home's game night if you would love to contribute to that we love you to be in part a part of it you're really important to us and it's extremely kind and generous that you've offered offered your services and you want to help us organize it but we really want to have something a bit casual and we've had this in mind maybe you could help us we could get together and be a team and if she doesn't go for that oh my god can you give me her email because it's rude Really rude. And I think this is a great opportunity for you and your fiancé to be a team together and confront this situation together because, I mean, it sounds like she's been friends with him for a long time, and that's really nice. I have lots of boyfriends that I have, but also in any situation, I'm always on Team Rich and Alicia, and I think that's where you need to start your your marriage and your wedding planning process by not being pushed over by this lady, by standing your ground, by being really polite and taking the McCormack optimism that you learned on the Save the Date Wedding Planning Podcast, be strong, be happy, always smile and don't let her get you down. Bam! Gosh, Mac, I really hope this goes well for you. And I really love you to continue emailing me. I want to hear how it goes. If you need me to write one of those emails, I will even draft a bloody email for you, Meg. I really want you to fix this because there've been lots of people in my life that in hindsight now I wished I'd written a very similar email to because they shouldn't really get away with acting like that. There is conditional generosity is what I call it. I don't like it. I'm not supportive of it. Did you do what I asked uh, last weekend and had a bit of a relaxing time? I hope you did because it's really important to share your wedding planning time, but also really just chill out and stop thinking about weddings because I don't want to I don't want to alarm you, but after the wedding, you don't want to think about weddings. You you really don't. So I would like you if you haven't listened to the last episode of the Save the Date Wedding Planning podcast take a moment and listen and I'd love you to plan and share with me if you want to go to the Facebook page I love hearing what you're up to I listed a, this week I listed a big long list of all my favorite TV shows are on at the moment and honestly it's such a cool time for TV it's it's when it's all happening there is so much to watch and so little TV time that we um, <laughs> are probably watching far too much TV as a couple but it's really nice to go hey we're not talking about the podcast or we're not talking about rich's work we're gonna veg and then we're gonna go for a run together and pick a new cafe or restaurant to go to in time out or one of these things. Do other stuff and also take the time. It's all about taking the time for you as well. Don't let this wedding become the only thing that you talk about, the only thing you do, because from an outsider, it's pretty boring when you're the guy or gal at work who just talks about their wedding nonstop. And that's all you talk to with your friends, especially friends that aren't engaged or in relationships. You don't want to, you don't want to overdo it. I, I can, I can tell you from a person that's been in that place of being a single person, being surrounded by the people that are getting married, I was really happy for them, but I just wanted to talk about something else occasionally. <laughs> and also the people that are, you know, had a wedding and done it all as well. They're very understanding, but also it's nice to keep the connection going with your friends, go to a yoga class, do something together, go to the movies and chillax and look after yourself. That is the most important thing. Thank you so much for sharing this time with me on the Save the Date podcast. It's such a delight to be in your ears and brain without sounding a little Hannibal Lecter there. And I'm really looking forward to next week, whatever that may bring for us together. Wedding planning. Talking about weddings, more Q&A, and uh, a really fun episode actually on Monday. I'm calling it my mishmash show because I've had all these ideas of things that I haven't covered that perhaps aren't big enough for one whole topic of their own. But I finally thought, look, let's just smash out an episode that covers some fun things that can I think can really help you. So, and also be sure to visit savethedatepodcast.com for all of my blogs that are attached to each show. Each show has a really long blog with lots of links and I'd love for you to read them. Sometimes I I write them and think, I wonder if anyone's checking these things. I hope so, because there's lots of information there and lots of ways to save time, money, and your sanity. Looking forward to talking to you soon. Take care and get in touch with me. (laughs) Happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.